Ag State of Mind, episode 76. Welcome to Ag State of Mind, a podcast that examines the stresses affecting producers of agriculture and how to alleviate these stresses and improve farmers' lives. In this podcast, we discuss openly the mental health crisis that is occurring in the agricultural community and what we can do to help turn it around. Now here's your host, Jason Meadows. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Ag State of Mind podcast, a proud member of the Global Ag Network. I am your host, Jason Meadows, and today our friend Kaya Twisselman returns to the podcast. Kaya is talking about mindset, about goals, about how diet culture has become sort of a failure to society, not just among women, uh, among all of society. And we talk a little bit, we dig a little bit about that. Uh, It was great to have Kaya back on the podcast. She's been such a great supporter. She believes so much in what we're doing here. And, you know, we talk a little bit about the mental health involved in making a change such as she has in her life. If you go back to an episode this past summer when we had Kaya on, Kaya lost over 100 pounds in just a short amount of time. And but she did it in a healthy way and I think that is it goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the year how uh, diet is oftentimes misconstrued and we don't necessarily always do it right and uh, it was really refreshing to have her back on the podcast and have her uh, you know have her point of view so but before we get started I would like to offer a call of action to you the listeners I would like an email for any show suggestions, guest suggestions, whatever it may be, uh, email it to jmeadows74 at gmail.com. You can find that contact in my, on my on my homepage, agstateofmind.com slash contact. Uh, email me, send me a direct message on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you ha- find us. And you know, let us know how we're doing. Let us know some guest suggestions, topic suggestions you may want to have uh, really helps us out. So, all right, here we go with my episode with my friend, Kaya Twisselman. All right, Kaya Twisselman, how are you? I am doing so good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm excited to be back on the podcast. I know, you know, okay. The only thing I can compare this to is when I was a sophomore in high school, we have a, you know, we have the little county fairs around and not our county fair, but the county fair north of us, they booked this guy that we kind of knew who he was, but we weren't, weren't really sure, you know, didn't know a whole lot about him, but then he is, he had a song just blow up and it was Toby Keith. So like, there were so many people at that county fair where they booked him before he got famous and then he had one song. I can't remember which song it was. And like, he just blew up from there. That's how I felt like, like it was whenever I got <laughs> you on the podcast, because the podcast came out the same week that you had the people magazine article. And like, I remember I, I when I was doing it, mm-hmm. I talked about how many followers you had and the number like was immediately out of date like your your instagram blew up and you know it just really took off from there so i i thought it was i i felt honored in fact i think i'd like to think i'm probably the reason why you got so big i mean not the not the i mean probably jason like you're like sorry people i got the scoop before you did step aside 
<laughs> I love it. So what's it been like since then? It has been of the pandemic. This kind of comes out of left field. At the time, I was still working for my Burley and Barley business, which was like my side business that I had started that I went full time when I moved back to California. And it was like a marketing company. I did a lot of logo, graphic design and marketing for lots of different ag businesses. And so I was still doing that. And then all of a sudden I got this incredible media exposure opportunity, thanks to the folks at Beef It's Webs for Dinner that kind of helped pitch my story. And it totally caught me off guard. It was awesome in such a great way, but it was like, it felt like I had walked on stage and there were like 20,000 people staring at me all of a sudden, which felt like a lot to take in and like a big responsibility. Not that I needed to change anything that I was already doing, but it's been interesting to see how that's kind of grown and shifted. And now a month later after that, I officially went full-time in my coaching business. So now I've been full-time coach Kaya doing my life coaching business since July 1st of 2020, which has been such a cool full circle thing because I never would have imagined that I would have, you know, gone on this personal development journey, this health journey that I did losing over 125 pounds like that in itself is so shocking to me. Um, You know, if you would have told me that a few years ago, let alone being able to turn that struggle of mine into this incredible career that I would have never dreamed would have existed. And it feels so rewarding to be on the other side of that struggle and have this awesome opportunity to empower other women that are walking their, their journeys too. And so now what I'm working on right now in my business is I've launched, I just launched my second digital course and I have a new group of students and I have ladies from all over the world, Jason, which is so cool. Like that's, what's so amazing about the the time and era that we live in. I have women in my program from Honduras and South Africa and Amsterdam and Canada and the U S and it is just so cool that we can be connected in this way. And that I have this amazing platform that I can serve and empower these women to live their best lives. Like so unexpected and so amazing. And I think it was all kind of supposed to happen this way. That's wild. Like, I mean, to think about, you know, like you said, where you were a couple of years ago, I mean, Mm -hmm. do you ever like think about like if you did have a time capsule and you or not time capsule, a time machine and you go back in time and a couple of years ago and see that old you like, I mean, what do you think she would say? It's funny that you asked that, Jason, because I have become a big journaler and I did not mm-hmm. start journaling until I started my health journey again. So I've been doing it avidly for a little over two years now. And um, one of the the journal entries that I love to do, it's like a repeat thing that I do all the time is writing a, le- a letter to my past self. Like, what would I wish, what do I wish I could say to the version of me who was day one of her health journey? Like, what do I wish I could have told her? Or even what, what do I wish I could have told my 16 year old self? And it's such a powerful practice because I think it's almost a way to kind of heal some of the wounds that we had when we were younger, because now where I'm at now, I've learned all these tools and I can almost where she, my former self didn't love herself yet. Mm -hmm. I'm almost able now as like the adult version of her to be like, Hey, let me heal. Let me help you heal that wound and help you forgive that version of yourself that you couldn't love then. And, um, so there's so many things that I would, I would tell her, but I think that one of the biggest things I would tell her and what I would tell anybody else that is, you know, wanting to pursue anything, not just health, but whether they want to start a family, whether they want to be in a relationship, whether they want to start a business, whether they want to do anything, 
I think that my biggest piece of advice for them and for my former self would be to stop looking outside of you for the answer because it's been in you all along. And I think that so many of us seek these outside things to solve our problems. If only I lost the weight, then I'd be happy. If only I had the job, if only I had the relationship, if only I lived in that place, then I'd be happy. But happiness isn't external. It doesn't come from our circumstances. That's an inside job. And I wish I would have known it sooner so that I wouldn't have had to do all those crappy diets. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean... It's, it is. And the change that you need to make is, it's like you say, it's within you. We struggle though, because there is so much thrown in our faces. And we've talked about this with several people over the last month or so about how these fad diets, like you talk mm -hmm. and, you know, they make all these promises and, you know, they are okay for a little while, but they don't necessarily promote a healthy way of living, you know, right. and uh, that's, we have to like, it, but it's so hard to get past that because we want the quick fix. We don't want right. the lifestyle change. We don't want right. to view things differently, but really that's what it's going to take. Absolutely. And it's, and that's the part of this journey that is the hardest. I think a lot of people assume like getting healthy, First of all, a lot of people assume health means physical health, but health is a big picture, right? It's emotional health. It's, it's mental health. It's physical health. It's like, we are whole beings and our health is so much bigger than what we visually look like. And I think a lot of people assume that health looks a certain way, which is baloney. Like that's not true at all. And I think that so many of us are thinking that there's just an action that we're missing, right? We just need to do these things and then we'll have what we want. But an action, we don't, it's not that we're missing the action. Most of us know how to be healthy. Most of us know how to eat healthy. Mm -hmm. Most of us know how to move our body. It's not that we don't have the right action, which is what the diet industry is telling us. It's that we don't have the right thinking, right? Because what we think impacts how we feel and how we feel determines what we do or don't do, right? So it's not enough to have the action. We need to really get to the root of it and, and really change what that conversation is we're having in our brains, how we're thinking about things. And that is something that the diet industry isn't selling, right? They tell you, oh, you weigh this much money, eat these things, do these things, you'll lose weight. They're not saying, oh, you weigh this much? Well, how do you think about how you weigh? How do you think about your body? And I think that we 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 think that, like, okay, I always tell the ladies that are in my program, I say, when I started my health journey, I had a goal weight, right? I said, I want to weigh 150 pounds. It was this nice, clean number. It was finally would put me in my, you know, normal body weight in the BMI chart. And mm -hmm. so I was like, that's my goal weight. We're going to get there. And full transparency, Jason, I have not hit my goal weight, mm -hmm. but you know what I discovered along this journey is that it was never about a goal weight. It's not about getting on the scale and having it say 150 pounds. It's what I thought that weighing 150 pounds would make me feel. And I think what most of us want is a goal feeling. It's not that I want to feel 150 pounds. I wanted to feel confident in my own skin. I wanted to feel energetic. I wanted to feel like I had the energy to chase my dreams. And the truth is, is that we can start getting those feelings in the body that we have right now, really yeah. just based on the way that we think and, and, and feel about ourselves. That's an internal job. And I think that in order for us to have that physical transformation, a lasting physical transformation, that mental transformation has to be the thing that happens first. Yeah. yeah. And you, you made a really good point there. And something I found out when I was started this podcast is... And I think I heard somebody say it. I can't remember. You know, it was it was actually Dave Hollis that said it. It's like we need to quit treating mental health as it's 
like this one separate thing. It needs to be health. It needs to be a holistic, Mm -hmm. physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, all those things together because they feed off of one another. And they, you, you know, if you're good mentally, it's going to help you be better physically and, and, and vice versa. And, you know, you, you brought up a really good point there. And I think that's what people may not understand is it's, and I've said this before, losing the weight obviously a great thing i mean it's mm-hmm. a it's a it's a goal that should be celebrated however it doesn't need to be the thing that you focus on it needs to be the byproduct of the work and the new lifestyle the new habits the new frame of mind that you're in you know that's that's how it's going to you know you can't it's like you said now with all the work you've done and how you've transformed yourself you're still not at what you thought your goal weight was. Right. But what does that even mean? You know, it's just like you said, it was just a number. You know, it's just a number. Yeah. It's not a feeling. It's nothing. And, yeah. you know, health is about the journey, not the destination. Absolutely. It's less about, because, okay, and this is, a, this is the truth for any goal, right? We have this idea that like the goal, that is what we want the most. But reaching your goal is a moment in time. The real magic is the person you become along the way of reaching the goal, right? Like the goal of finishing a marathon. Yeah, it feels cool to run across the the finish line of a marathon, which I haven't done yet, but I'm going to do one day. My marathon got canceled. I was actually supposed to run one next weekend, but um, it's not about crossing the finish line. Once you cross the finish line, then what? Right. Right. But Mm -hmm. it's about the version of you that you become along the way. It's about the woman who shows up for herself, who who trains, who pushes beyond what she thought was possible for herself. That's the real reward. It's not the 26 and a half miles or 26, 26.2 miles. Right. Those are just Mm -hmm. the last 26.2 miles of a much longer journey of the hundreds of miles you've ran before that. And that's that's really the key. It's not about reaching the goal weight. It's about the version of you who showed up for herself and healed that relationship inside and outside with with your body. Right. 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 And so while we're still talking about goal, I'll talk one of my own. And I I don't know if I've mentioned this in previous podcasts or not, but I mean, I know I have the goal, but reaching the goal. I mean, I work with a coach myself and we were, I had a thousand mile goal for 2020. I made it my last, last day of the year. I made it. So awesome. Thank you. But what you say, how did that thousandth mile feel? It was, I mean, it was cool, but like it was a second in time. And then like, then what? It was over. And it was great. And I feel very good that I did that. But it was way more about those, all those other miles before I did that than it was. And that's what I I realized that early on. Like, it has to be okay that I didn't make this 1,000 miles. I mean, I had to be totally okay with that, with the possibility that I may fail, which if I'm failing, it's not really failing because you're still doing all this incredible work. And, you know, you may fail to reach that number, but you didn't fail in how the habits that I've done, the sleep cycle I've set for myself, the, the schedule I've set for myself, all those things, that's a lasting impact on my life. Absolutely. And I think that that is a perfect example. Like it is awesome, by the way, that you hit that goal. That is freaking incredible. And I'm celebrating that with you. What a freaking accomplishment, but you're so right. Like, and I think there's something to you about like almost coaching yourself through that before you hit the goal. Like, of course, it's good to have stretch goals, goals that challenge us, that push us beyond our beliefs of what we think is possible. But I think it's also important for us to understand that like, 
if we don't hit a goal, that doesn't make us a failure, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that, and, and failure is a whole nother topic we could probably chat about for like 12 podcast episodes, right? right? right. Yeah. Uh-huh. But there is so much growth in just the way we show up to, to reach that goal. And that is the true key behind really anything that we pursue in life. So my coach, Marinda Burt, she says, she said from the day one, this is the thing that, you know, we write down every time we talk and it's success is inevitable because who gets to define what success is? We do, Mm -hmm. but we've been conditioned for so long for people everywhere around us the you know the people that are coming to us not even necessarily people who are close to us just things we see and taking their idea of success and applying it to our mm-hmm. lives and that's not helpful i mean but right. but it's a new way of thinking it's a paradigm and shift in how we think of what success is because we do. We absolutely get to define what successful is because that's all that really matters. That's all that really matters right. is what we what we define that success is as and then making sure we live up to that. Right. And I think what's so interesting about this is when you mentioned that, that we get to define what success is, it makes me think of my fiance, Brent. And he is someone who he strives for excellence in everything that he does. Right. And I think that you know, of course, we're conditioned by society and the people around us and all sorts of things to influence our lives where we get that definition of what success looks like. And he has a very clear idea of what success looks like for him. I think sometimes it could be his own worst enemy because he expects so much from himself. And so I think it's so important, too, that we get really clear about, I guess, also like being willing to change that definition and meet ourselves where we're at. Because I think Mm -hmm. success can look different in different seasons too, right? Like I'm not a mom. I don't have kiddos. Success Mm -hmm. for me in this season of like quarantine might look different than what success looks like for a mom who's homeschooling, you know, kids during COVID, right? And so I think it's so important that we also learn to meet ourselves where we're at in different seasons and give ourselves some grace and be willing to move the needle on what success looks like so that we aren't feeling like we're, we're lowering the bar. And I think I love the way of comparing this to like even running. And what I tell my ladies is always my race, my pace, instead of looking at what other people are doing in their season of their life, they're on a different journey than you. Mm. We aren't striving to be better than, or even as good as anybody else. We are just striving to be 1% better than who we were yesterday. And that is going to look different for every single person. Yeah. Have you read the book Atomic Habits? Yes. Yes. I love it. It's my favorite book. I mean, and I, I talk about this, like, I feel like I, I know I talk about this in, in several different podcasts, but it is like those 1% changes every single day. It doesn't mean like, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't seem like a lot from day one to day two or even day one to day seven. But what about in day 35 or day right. 100 you know i mean those little bitty steps along the way i i did this the other day i i applied it to a real life situation our office is a disaster like it's it's a disaster and you know carrie's like you can't take any pictures of yourself doing podcasts or anything <laughs> because the, the office looks awful and it does i mean and it so we renovated our house 2017 so almost four years ago and like this was the place where everything just got pushed ended up, to, yeah. and, ended up. <laughs> and 
you know, so like it, it was, I mean, it was, I had to like move things around to even sit down and have these conversations like this. But I, I was sitting here one day, I was like, what am I going to do? And I kept saying like, oh, I'm just going to take a Saturday and I'm just going to do it all. I'm going to take it all away. And that Saturday never happened. I never <laughs> took that Saturday. I never took that cold winter day to do that. And I was like, okay, what about this? How can I change this? What if I just took one piece out of here every day and put it in my car and took it to Goodwill or to whatever, you know, do, do. Mm -hmm. And that worked. I did that for like six days. It's not great yet, but it's a lot better. It's, I mean, progress, it's sure a lot, progress yeah, though. exactly. I mean, so, I mean, it, just with a little bit of effort every yes. single day, I made it to where I at least feel like I don't feel cramped in here anymore. I feel like right. at least feel like it's a decent workspace now. And it's also just so rewarding to, even if you don't finish the job all at once, just taking action, even if it's small action is so rewarding. That's how I'm feeling about wedding planning right now. It's like, it feels like this big, heavy task. And I'm like, if I yeah. can just do one small thing every day, I'll just chip away at it and we'll get there. And you mentioned, you, you said something that, that reminded me of, and I think, I don't remember who I saw. I think I saw someone post this on Instagram and I loved it, but it's the idea that we as people highly overestimate what we can accomplish in a week. Mm -hmm. And we highly underestimate what we can accomplish in a year. Mm -hmm. And I think this is one of the reasons why, of course, instant gratification sounds great, right? This is why like a lot of diets and quick fix programs are awesome. Like lose 20 pounds in a week. Yes, please sign me up for that. Right, of course. Of course, you and I know that losing pounds in 20 or losing 20 pounds in a week is probably not going to work and it won't be sustainable. That's for sure. And we get so frustrated if we do something, like we pick up a new habit, like even if it's walking a mile every day, right? You're not going to see maybe a lot of progress after seven days. But if you walked a mile every single day for 365 days, like you'll see a big, a big difference, right? And it's just learning how to do those micro changes and being patient with the process. Because the other thing too, is that instant changes, instant results don't mean lasting results. And right. I know that's for sure true in my health journey, right? I lost 103 pounds in a year, which sounds like a lot, but you know, I lost each of those pounds one pound at a time. Mm -hmm. And some days I got on the scale and I gained a couple of pounds. And then I yeah. lose a couple of pounds. Right, 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 right. And it sounds like, wow, 125 pounds. That's amazing. It's like, yeah, but it's not like I, I lost it fast, right? It was a commitment to, I'm going to establish these healthy habits and I'm going to do this for however long it takes not because I want to see these quick results and then, you know, go back to my normal life, but I'm going to do this because I like the way that it makes my body feel. And if that takes a year, if that takes two years, if that takes three years and I don't ever have to do this again, then that is the way to do it for sure. Yeah. And you know, so like, let's just, let's stay on that for a minute. So let's say someone saw you like before you started that. And then mm -hmm. someone saw you like, three months down the line mm -hmm. and they saw the, they saw the change in you. You know, I can't say how much weight you lost, but let's say you lost 40 pounds in that time. Mm -hmm. They're like, Oh my gosh, it's happened so fast. You know, I mean, it was such a big deal, such a fast. I mean, how did you do that so fast? But like, if you really think about it for you, it didn't seem fast because you were taking it one day at a time. That's what people don't mm -hmm. understand. Like, they're like, okay, I started this, change this lifestyle change and here i am seven days into it and i've only lost two pounds mm -hmm. like oh man that's hard you know that's hard to not 
actually see the results yeah. of it until but again, it's a little change every single day. And then it gets down there for three months and somebody sees you and they see, mm -hmm. oh, wow, the difference. And yeah. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard for you to do that for yourself, though. It is. And and it's funny too. you know, looking back, I vividly remember I started October 1st, 2018. And I mm -hmm. can't remember. I wish I knew what the date was of this. I was maybe two or three weeks in and I was doing my habits, like my small changes. And I remember sitting on the couch, bawling to my then boyfriend, now fiance, bawling to him because I was like, it's not working. Like, I feel like I'm trying so hard and nothing, and it's just, it's not working. Why am I doing this? And it was me getting to that, to that point of like, I'm not seeing the results fast enough and I'm feeling discouraged. And I had to really refocus my mind and remind myself too that like, yeah, it's not going to be a fast process, but you have to trust the process. I think a lot of us assume, oh my gosh, it's not working. But it's not that it's not working. It just has isn't working yet, or it hasn't shown its results yet. And I think too, this is one of the dangers. And I've learned so much about myself and about health and about diet culture along my journey. And I'm still learning every single day. And I think one of the dangerous things about making our health, boiling down health to losing a certain number of pounds and having health just mean weight loss is that our motivation is going to be skewed. Because if you think that you, if the only reason that you're getting out and moving your body is to lose weight, what happens when you do lose the weight? Then do you stop working out? Yeah. Like yeah, exactly. if your only motivation is weight loss and making your body smaller, that's why I think a lot of times people that pursue weight loss end up developing unhealthy relationships with food or eating disorders, mm -hmm. right? Because they've only boiled down health to meaning I have to lose weight. And I think that when we approach health and wellness from a more holistic approach of talking about instead of a goal weight, a goal feeling, then we can think more about like health is not just losing weight. Health is moving my body, not just to be smaller, but moving my body because the way it makes me feel, the way it makes my brain feel, the way it makes me feel energized. Health is about learning how to speak to myself better. Health is about caring for myself, nourishing with foods that make it feel good, not, you know, um, restricting it in order to make myself skinny, right? Like that's an unhealthy approach. And right. so I think that what I've learned is even, even the way that I speak to my ladies that I work with mm -hmm. in coaching, you know, a lot of them do want to lose weight. They've seen the transformation that I've had and they say, that's amazing. I want to know how you did it. My goal is to lose weight. And that's fine. I'm not saying it's bad to want to lose weight. Right. Like I've been there, but I think that it's so important that when we talk about our health, we don't boil it down to weight loss. Like I think we should approach exercise from not being about weight loss, but being about moving our body in a joyful way that we actually think is, is fun. Right. And, and doing it because of the other health benefits, not just that it might make us lose weight, you know, yeah. eating foods, not because they're low calorie, but eating foods because they taste good and they make our body physically feel good. And so right. I think it's, yeah. it's, it's important that we see it from a bigger picture. It's okay to want to lose weight, but ask yourself, what do you think that weight loss is going to mean? What are you making weight loss mean? Because I think what most of us want is how we think weight loss is going to make us feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And having a why behind it too. Absolutely. I mean, again, the why of losing weight, that's a, there, again, there's nothing wrong with that. There's a, that's mm -hmm. an absolutely valiant goal, especially if you have weight to lose. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, that's oftentimes going to decrease your risk for heart disease, diabetes, all these things that are, um, you know, known killers in society and in, in, in people in the population. But like, why? 
A couple weeks ago on the podcast, we had Sammy Bolin, and we talked. This is we talked in depth about this as to her why, and her why behind being physically fit, physically active, was she wants to farm for generations. You know, she wants to be that grandma or great grandma that's helping out on the farm, tending to her garden helping with her great grandkids and great grandkids 4-H animals and that sort of thing. And, you know, when we have such a powerful why and like a vision, something into the future like that, that's what's going to make us successful. Not, oh, I want to get to under 100. I want to wear a size two. I want to be less than 150 pounds. Yeah. You know, and and stay there. And that's all we focus on. I mean, it's a 2D goal when it should be a 3d goal you know like three multi-dimensional right and i know that a lot of us have you know those superficial motivators behind losing weight like i had them too right i wanted to look good Mm -hmm. i wanted to i wanted to be able to walk into any store and buy something off the rack instead of only being allowed to go to a few stores that carried my size but for me the why you're right is so important because i think that a lot of us you know a lot of people ask me oh my gosh kaya i wish i had your willpower i wish i had your motivation and i don't think anybody has any more willpower or motivation than anybody else i think mm. it's that when you can create a compelling enough why and get really clear on that yeah. it makes it easier in the moment to choose that long term goal that long term deeper purpose over the instant gratification right so in the moments that i wanted to indulge in foods that I knew didn't bless my body, that wasn't going to make me feel good, or the days I wanted to sleep in and not move my body, I had to remind myself, wait, what is more important to me? Getting 20 extra minutes of sleep, or is it more important to me that I honor my goals because my long-term goal Mm. is more important to me than this instant gratification, right? Our primal brain, it wants to seek pleasure. Like it wants to eat all the food. It wants to get all the sleep. It wants to be comfortable. It wants to be comfortable, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It wants to avoid pain and seek pleasure. It wants to stay in bed and not go run. Like that's what it wants. So if we can use our conscious, rational thinking brain to say, listen, I know that that comfort sounds great brain, but we have other bigger goals here that are more important. It makes it easier in those moments to be disciplined. So I am so with you that that why is so important. And I think too, what's been interesting is, you know, when I started my journey, one of my whys was I have, I had three, but I have now four little nieces and I wanted to be an example to them of what was possible when we believed in ourselves, when we showed up from a place of self-love. And I also knew that in the future, I wanted to have kiddos of my own and that's still a dream of mine. And so taking care of my health to make sure that, you know, the chances of that are, are more likely and being able to be in a place where I feel like I can raise my kids as an example of what it looks like to love myself and my body. Like that is so important to me. And that's still one of my deep whys, but our whys also change as we grow and evolve. And of one of my big whys now is this amazing community of women that I'm serving. It's like, mm-hmm. I want to show up today because I want to show them what's possible, you know? And, and that is a huge why for me now in my journey for sure. Yeah. And when you, when you can create community and I feel like there's a community around this podcast too. Totally. Um, that's a bit, you know, that's a big why for anything I do. Like, I mean, there are, I'll admit there are times I don't want to sit down and record a podcast. I don't. I mean, Jason, I, did I, you not I, want to talk to me today? You can be honest. No, I, I didn't. Season. <laughs> no, you you got me out of some stuff. Like what I, we were talking before we recorded. It's it's we're getting ready to go through the coldest week I've had here in like years. Uh, I had a frozen water. Uh, it's just miserable weather. Like I've got three pieces of equipment broke down. I'm 
it's I, I'm not very happy with the farm operation right now. So you being here tonight has been a blessing for everyone. So well, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but there is there's times where I don't want to do it. I, I mean, I mm-hmm. don't because I, I would I would love to sit in there and watch TV on the couch you know, on a, on some nights. And I record this podcast at night after I've had a long day of gym, work, farm. Then I come in here and, but like n- not once, not once have I regretted recording a podcast with somebody. Not once in the almost 80 times I've done it now. And that's why I keep doing it because I know people like it. I know this, I know these conversations like you and I are having right now and with all the dozens of other people who I've talked to and even the ones I've been able to share from my own perspective, my solo episodes, I know people enjoy those. I know people get something out of that. And I, again, feel a certain responsibility, much like I feel like you are now as being a leader of a community. And when you build a community around something, uh, it it makes that mission go further. Absolutely. It makes it about so much more than just yourself. I think uh, this is kind of a change of subject. So sorry. Go ahead. But um, what, what you got me thinking about too was it's so right, Jason, when you show up for your podcast episodes, even in the moments when maybe you, you know, would rather be relaxing after a long day on the farm, like the content that you put out is serving people. You are giving, you're, you're giving value to these people, your listeners. And that is a beautiful, incredible thing and, and a, an amazing honor and a responsibility. And I find that in my business, you know, we're human. And so I don't know if you do this, I'm speaking for myself here, but I find myself very easily getting caught up in the comparison game. I think most people mm, do to mm-hmm. some extent, right? Yeah. So it's it's easy to feel like, and this kind of ties back into that success story of we get to define what success looks like. But, you know, I follow a lot of other coaches on social media and I'm always like, man, they're doing this so well. And I wish I could do something that much. Oh my gosh, their Instagram reels are so catchy or their course is so big and great and successful. And I get caught up in comparing myself to what all these other people are doing and, and, even before I get on like doing an online workshop or something I'm hosting, I find myself really focusing on my ego thinking like, I hope I don't say something wrong. I hope I don't look stupid today. I hope that I can, you know, show up good on Instagram. And what I catch myself doing is I keep focusing on my own self and making this about me. And what I have to remind myself about my community, is that it's not about me. It's about the mm. women that are are reading my content from another part of the world. It's, it's about the, the women that are tuning in. If I can share one thing that helps one woman feel better about herself or give her one tool to help her pursue a healthy life that she loves, then I have been successful. And I think that building a platform like, like you and I have, it's not about us anymore. We are just a, a voice for this community now, a place for us to pour into them. And I think that in those moments when I find my ego letting me focus too much on yeah. myself, I, I have like, okay, who is the woman on the other side of this? Because this isn't about me today. This is about her. All of this right. is about her. And that yeah. helps me, I think, show up even better than when I put that pressure on myself to look good or be as good as other people. I don't know if you right. struggle with that, Jason. I, I do. A hundred percent. I do. I, I mean, I do. And so I think in the, in the ag podcast game, like the, the Dalai Lama is, is Rob Sharkey, mm-hmm. you know, Rob is 
the Dalai I mean, Lama. I love that. <laughs> I mean, he's, you know, he's got, he's got two different podcasts. He's got an XM radio show. I mean, like he's the one, like he's, he's Joe Rogan to the ag community. Yeah. And a a friend of mine was on his, uh, it was on his, his shark farmer podcast one day. And he told me how many downloads it had in the first week. And I was like, that's more than I had in all of my podcasts combined, you know, I'm like, holy crap. Like, you know, so yeah, I mean, I struggle mightily with the comparison game, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I have a lot of people who tell me how much they enjoy the podcast, how mm-hmm. much they get from me. And they send me messages on Instagram and Facebook or, you know, wherever. And, let me know like, Oh, that, that podcast resonated with me. And like, mm-hmm. if I can just get one person to just tell me that, like that, like that's it, that's all I, you know, then it was all and I, I don't even, I, I, yeah, I don't need it. But at the same time, it's really make, it makes it easier to go to do the next one and right. the next one and the next one. I mean, it's just fuel for my fire. Right. I think it also just like the reason you started this podcast wasn't because you love like talking into a microphone. I mean, maybe, I don't know, but you, you started this podcast because you wanted to share stories. You wanted to give people tools. You wanted to give them hope. And when someone reaches out and says that this helped them, then it's like, okay, this, this purpose is being fulfilled, even if it helps one other person. And I think too, like reminding ourselves, you know, the, my race, my pace thing too. Like Rob's been doing this for a while, right? Like a lot of the coaches I've been following, they've been doing this for a while. But that doesn't mean that my voice doesn't matter. And reminding ourselves that each and every one of us, we all have a unique story. We all have a unique perspective. And someone might connect with you different than they would connect with Rob Sharkey. And so that doesn't mean that, oh, since someone else is doing this really great in this space, there's no space for me. Like there's space for all of us. And I think that more of us need to just like let go of our ego and lean into our power and realize that we have value to offer. And we can kind of just like put on our blinders and do our thing and remember that this is, this is bigger than just us. It's about people that we're serving. And if we can, if we can pour into the hearts of one other person, I think that our job was well done. Yeah. And you brought us some, something really interesting there in that you aren't, and I'm not talking about just you, everyone, you know, anybody doing this sort of thing isn't, f- you're not for everybody. I struggle right. with that mightily because I want every single person that I ever come into contact with to like me. Me too, Jason. Do you? Too. Okay. I <laughs> yes. do. You know, and I do. I'm I, a recovering people pleaser. <laughs> so am I. I mean, and I've said that. I, I do. I am like, I have been a people pleaser to it. See, have you taken the Enneagram? Yes. What are I you? I think I'm a two wing three. I knew it. I need to take it. I knew again. it. Yeah. yeah, I'm a two wing. Three. I'm a three wing too. So I mean, we nice. we share a lot of things <laughs> together. So um, I so I, I get you, and I I am I struggle mightily. Like you know, for a while there, like if if someone would say something negative about the podcast, it was like, you know, like right. rip my chest open and pull my heart out and watch it like beat in front of my face before <laughs> I die. Like that's that's how it felt to me. I am slow. I'm not all the way recovered. I'm, I'm slowly mm-hmm. getting better at that. Yeah. And it's hard though. That is a super hard thing to get over. Yeah. Okay. I have something I want to share with you about people pleasing that I heard from another coach uh, that I really blew my mind because I've always considered myself a people pleaser. And growing up, I thought about people pleaser being like, like 
a kind of a, a negative, but a positive, you know, like, oh, is it that bad that I just want to, everyone to like me and to be like super sweet to everyone? Like I almost wore it as a badge of honor that I was a people pleaser. And this podcast I was listening to, it's by Brooke Castillo, who has the Life Coach School mm -hmm. podcast, really great podcast. Mm -hmm. She was talking about people pleasing and how she said, what did she say? Being a people pleaser means that you are a liar and you are manipulative. And when I heard this, I was like, oh, excuse me, <laughs> what? Like I felt personally attacked. And so the way that she describes this is she says is that when you are a people pleaser, you are wanting to manipulate other people's opinion and perspective of you. And you are assuming that by the actions that you take or the things you do or say, you can determine whether or not they will like you. You can influence their thoughts and opinions of you. But what you and I both know, Jason, is that we can't make anybody else feel anything. Only their own thoughts can do that. And so when we approach things from a people pleaser perspective, we're saying I can manipulate their thoughts by acting a certain way so that they will like me. And when I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh, I have never thought about it that way. And it's really got me thinking about how, okay, is being a people pleaser actually selfish? Like I'm making this about me and it's not about me. Mm -hmm. And it has just really challenged my perspective about it. And so I too, am not fully recovered and I don't know if we'll ever be recovered, Probably right? It's just about be. the awareness and, and being intentional about it. But that has really got me thinking more about this people pleaser tendency and like learning how to other people's opinions are none of my exactly. business. And I shouldn't make them my business because I can't change their opinion. Only their own thoughts can, right? Right. Yeah, no. And, you know, I always ask people when we get into these in-depth conversations about the Enneagram and we're actually, I'm going to have a podcast soon. It's going to talk really in depth about it. It's with uh, uh, cool. Taryn. Uh, Bay Family Beef. Yes. 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 Can't yes. remember her last name for the life Freeling. of me. Drilling, yes, gosh, dang it, but uh, yeah, her, she's like, I guess Love she is her. just, she's like really into it, and I always yeah. ask people because it really, it, it helps yourself and other people understand the way you see the world because we don't all see the world the same way. We right. don't, and I, that was really hard for me to understand, and I honestly forgot where I was going with this, but. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> which is typical, but I should have wrote it down. That's the, that's the deal. When I don't write it down, I forget what I'm talking about. But anyway, other people's opinions of us are none of our business. I mean, and that's hard. That's super hard for me, someone who has spent their entire life worrying about what other people thought. I mean, God bless my mother. That was how I was raised, how I was taught. Mm -hmm. And, um, Man, that's a hard, and, and I think it was definitely when Carrie and I got married because she's not one. Yeah. She is one that keeps, looks out for herself. And, you know, that was a lot of headbutting in the first part of our marriage. But now, like, we see how it's, uh, how her line of thinking has helped me and vice versa. And I know what yeah. I, and I remember what I was going to say now. And when you, when you find that you are a people pleaser, it can be seen as a as a weakness, but we can also shift our thinking around to make that weakness almost into a strength. So we'll, like we were talking about, neither one of us will ever fully recover. But mm -hmm. at the same time, we are blessed with a gift in that we have 
almost like intuitiveness mm -hmm. as to what maybe other people may be thinking and maybe yeah. it makes us good at what we do as with you as a coach, me as a I podcast agree. host. And so, I mean, yeah, people pleasing on the surface sounds like a dirty word, mm -hmm. but really it can be kind of reframed into it serves us as well. And it's, again, goes all the way back. It's, it's all about how we define things for ourselves. Right. Absolutely. It's, it's so true. And I think that there is something, it's like all of us have strengths and all of us have, have weaknesses, right? And, and we can use them for good or bad and we can kind of use them as our own superpower. And I think that one of the things that has me become a people pleaser, have that tendency, I think is also like, I feel like empathy is one of my superpowers. It's also mm -hmm. why I cry, whether a movie is really happy or really sad. Like I just can't help it. If I see someone else crying, it's the waterworks are gonna happen, right? And I think that empathy can be, can be a superpower, right? And so I do think that you're right. I think that, and I think that's what, what's beautiful about the Enneagram is it helps give people some understanding about why they are the way that they are. So they can work in sync with themselves instead of mm -hmm. be frustrated why they do certain things. It's like, oh, this is mm. a natural tendency of, of me. How can I see this as a strength? How can I also practice awareness around this and, and when maybe it becomes a problem? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. And, you know, I found out so much about myself and about my marriage, about how Carrie is. She's a, she's a, a six, a type six. So, you know, that is Brent too. Really? <laughs> yeah. So he's like his thing, his big thing is security, right? Yes, yeah, absolutely. that's her too. She's like, absolutely. she wants to be secure. She wants to be safe. I have been safe probably zero days of my life. Like, so like her, the, <laughs> me being the way that I am, just like shoot from the hip cowboy type style drives her insane. But I, but again, now that I understand that about her, it helps uh -huh. me to maybe tone it down a little and not sure. be out there so crazy, you know, but at the same time, me being, me being the way I am and like, you know, I don't know a stranger. I'll, and again, that it, that's made this podcast easy for me because it's helped me be so open and vulnerable. Mm -hmm. It, it also helps her to be just a little bit more like that too. So we, yeah. start, we, we work well together. Yeah, I think that there there is that balance for sure. And like Brent, we are we're we're similar in a lot of ways, but we're also very different. And I am the big dreamer. Like I sometimes dreaming can become problematic for me because I get a little lost in the clouds sometimes. But I'm a big dreamer. Like I believe anything is possible. And Brent is a little bit more of a realist, so he kind of helps bring me back down to earth a little bit. And I also kind of like bring him up a little mm -hmm. bit. So I think that I think it's good. I think it's good that we have those are our, our, uh, significant others to balance this out. Yeah. Cause how <laughs> boring would it be if you were both the same? Right. Like, I mean, right. like, or how, I mean, I don't want to say it, but I mean, it potentially miserable. It could be too, you know? Oh, for sure. Like what if we both were like me? Like what if we both were like off, you know, crazy shoot off the hip type. I mean, we'd probably be in the poorhouse or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. So, well, I, uh, I want to be respectful of your time tonight. It's, uh, it's been fun. Like, I can't believe like it's been, we've been talking for nearly an hour now. So it's just, it's crazy how fast time, it, flies, time flies, time flies. I know. I'm glad you're looking at the at the clock, though, Jason, because I think you and I, if, if you put a microphone in front of us, we could probably just talk. Oh all my day. gosh, <laughs> I have. There's been there's been times I've been in here with people for two hours, and like, 
It's just because I can, because I don't know. I don't know when to stop. I don't. Like, yeah. like if, if, if I have a fault as a podcast host, that's it. I don't know when to stop. So I'm yeah. trying to get better at that. <laughs> Practice makes perfect. Yeah. Oh, Jason, by the way, I, uh, I'm getting ready to launch my own podcast. I mean, I say I'm getting ready to launch. I haven't even recorded a single episode yet, but it, it's on my 2021 goals list. So you're going to have to give me all your uh, tips and tricks. Of course. That's and awesome. And I'll have to invite you on mine. Please do. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. There's so many po- – and that's I think that's a great thing that's coming out of, of COVID, of, of everybody being – Things are having to change always. And, you know, I think the more podcasts, the better, because it, it allows people to more and more people to start listening to, you know, so somebody, there's probably people, you know, that just don't listen to podcasts yet, right? They're yeah, going to listen to sure. yours. And in turn, they're going to listen to someone else's and then and down and it's just going to get more mm-hmm. people consuming more content. Yeah. And you know, it's forcing us to be a little bit more creative with how we reach people around us. And totally, you know, I stumped, like I had no plans of that. I just like one day I was like, oh, why don't I start a podcast? Like I had no, like I had nothing. Like <laughs> I love so it. many people like have a business and then they start a podcast because of the business. I was like, I'll just start a podcast, like you know. So we'll see, we'll how, see it how it goes. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. So, but no, that's great. I'm so excited for you to. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll share all the things that I've done wrong, mostly, you know, and, and figure them out. <laughs> right. That's, the way. that's that's where we learn our, our best lessons. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Well, uh, anything else you want to share with everybody before we hop off here? I guess if, if people want to chat more, um, you can find me. Instagram is my favorite platform. I am currently Kaya underscore Twistleman over there. I'm also on Facebook as Coach Kaya. Technically, I have a TikTok, but I just I just haven't got the hang of that thing yet, darn it. <laughs> but I am there too. <laughs> I'm trying with it. It's just like, so my issue, especially like around the farm and stuff, is like to, some people I think just can just pull their phone out and start recording stuff, recording. And it's not even anything. They just record it. And I just, I have such a hard time with that. And, you know, but I, I'm getting a little better. I try to do like one or two a week, you know. I know you're way more consistent than I am. Hats <laughs> off to you. Thanks, I guess. <laughs> like I, you know, but it's funny, like. I'm starting to get to not really get paying. started getting the hang of it now. But when I first got it, like Levi, my, he was probably 14 when I started. And I'm like, you got TikTok age boys to give you the, the inside. Scoop. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I, I try. So I try. He's trying to like show me, but like, it was like, it was like helping an old man walk. Like that's how I felt. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, well, cool. Well, thanks again tonight. It was great as always. Well, thanks for having me. One day we'll get to chit chat in person. Right, hopefully. right. Soon, <laughs> I hope, you know, things, uh, you know, th- if things get back to normal, whatever normal is going to be. So. Right, right. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much. This is fun as always. I appreciate yep. and the well, time. Again, well, we, we, we have plenty of things we can talk about in the future. So. It's true. It's true. All right. Thanks, Kaya. Bye, Jason. Thanks for listening to Ag State of Mind. We hope this episode has encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ag State of Mind. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week. 